college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And Biden's first 100 days mark his top 100 failures. I was looking at a good piece by Paul Bedard, and he, he highlights a lot of this stuff. Last night's speech was A, a snooze fest. And when they cut away to Senator Ted Cruz, he even started trending Senator Ted snooze, they were calling him. And I don't blame him. There were so many ridiculous things that Biden said, from saying that the um, thousand people that broke the windows and broke the doors down in a riot of the Capitol building on January 6th was the equivalent of the worst attack on American democracy since the Civil War. I think it's sickening to say that. I, I really do. I think there's so many people that, you know, it's like when Ilhan Omar said, some people do something. I mean, it just, at least she was downplaying, and I'm not defending it, but she was downplaying the atrocity of 9-11 when nearly 3,000 people lost their lives in a terrorist attack. And Joe Biden si simply just glosses over it as if it never happened. This is part of the, the problem that we have with Democrats is that they think that people are stupid. So we have some merch coming out, by the way. This is a kind of simultaneous thing. We have some uh, merch coming out. People have been uh, sending me notes at richvaldez.com, you know, in the um, contact us box saying, hey, you know, where can I get a liberty-loving Latino hat or t-shirt or stuff like that? So rest assured, that site is coming soon. I had a meeting yesterday with the merchandise company, and we've got a couple of funny t-shirts coming out. There's going to be a Kemala Eres t-shirt for the VP, Kamala Harris. There's going to be a Joel Baboso Biden t-shirt. And of course, there's going to be El Trompito 2024 t-shirt, all from um, Rich Valdez. This is America. So keep it locked right there for that. I will give you the updates on that. Plus, we have some big announcements coming later. But the things that Biden were talking about last night to me were just so out of control, out of uh, out of the, the the ordinary. But this is what Democrats do. So I mean, it's it's kind of what you expect, but at the same time, it's kind of like what you just say, what say what? What you talking about, Willis? Because it really is so so uh, hard to track sometimes with what they're talking about. Joe Biden has come into office, and one of the first things he did was he put an end to the Keystone Pipeline. You know, that's this above ground pipeline that pumps crude oil from from point A to point B. And it does it in the most uh, AB kind of way, you know, kind of like a straight line, if you will. And it's not necessarily a straight line. But my point is, it avoids putting these things on tankers. It avoids putting them into any other type of shipping um, or transportation system. So you don't have to use more fuel to transport this fuel. Yet that seems to be not eco-friendly enough, not Green New Deal enough for Joe El Baboso Biden. So he decides, I'm getting rid of that. Then he comes after guns. Then he signs 8 million executive orders in five seconds. And it's like, you know, what, what is going on? And last night he calls this joint second of, uh, session of Congress. 
which they absolutely trashed Trump for, by the way. And it was all good for Biden. It was as if, you know, we needed an extra speech from him. And yet he still hasn't done an actual State of the Union address. But at this point, that's semantics. But it's my contention that, yes, I agree with Paul Bedard. Biden's first 100 days mark his top 100 failures. It was an absolute disgrace. Now, I want you to hear a little bit of audio from last night's speech. Check this out. After just 100 days, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again. Parallel to possibility, crisis to opportunity, setbacks in the strength. We can't stop now. We're at a great inflection point in history. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. <laughs> Okay, so you can't just build back better. To build back, you got to build back better. <laughs> He's got hairy legs, though, so it's okay because the kids like to put their hands in the. If you don't know that one, you should find that one on your own. But listen, and it get hot. So, I got a lot of. I got hairy legs that turn <laughs> that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. I love it. That one just doesn't get old to me. So look, now you don't have to find it. You found it right there. That's Joe El Baboso Biden. He's got hairy legs. But listen, so he's building back better. And to do that, he's going to build back better, you know. And by building back better, what he means is, you know, maybe going after um, jobs, going after energy, going after guns through executive order, uh, going after our free speech in many ways, supporting things, not putting an end to the Section 230 uh, protections. He's done absolutely nothing to advance America or the cause of Americans, but he's done everything to advance systemic Marxism within our government, within our culture, within our society. His goon squad, if we can call it that, which already suffers from systemic corruption inside of the Department of Justice, which we saw during the Trump administration, and not because of the Trump administration, but because there's so many people that are career bureaucrats that are in the tank for themselves and are willing to cut deals with the enemies of the state, if you will, who, um, and I use that figuratively, who want to come at anything related to Trump, anything related to patriotism, anything related to our liberty. And that's what he's doing. He's systemically dismantling the economy. Joe Biden is likely the biggest national security crisis that we've ever faced. And to top it off, he says, the American family plan is something that we're going to put Kamala Harris in charge of. Well, er, hold on a second. Didn't we have her in charge of what was going on at the border to begin with? And we've seen that that's been a mess. The president of Honduras has just pretty much said, you know what? You guys caused this problem. We didn't have this problem before. The president of Mexico has chastised the Biden administration. Everybody around the world knows that Joe Biden is putting uh, little kids in particular, little brown ones who they claim to say they care about, little Latino kids like me at one point, dying, getting raped, starving, sleeping on the floor. I mean, it's it's absolutely atrocious. They said Trump had kids in cages. Biden's got people sleeping under the bridge outside, inside of a chain link fence, not even indoors. It's, it's absolutely atrocious. Putting Kamala Harris in charge of what's going on at the border, which clearly she's been completely absent and an abysmal failure on is an absolute death sentence for the American economy, and it's an absolute death sentence for the future of the institution we once knew as the family. Keep it locked right there. When we come back, we're going to get into a little bit about what's going on with this woman who ran over a police officer. Apparently, she's like an internet radio host and uh, started shouting FTP and, you know, 
all these anti-cop sentiments on her show about an hour before she got drunk and ran over and killed an NYPD Highway Patrol officer. Plus, Angela Stanton King from the American King Foundation. She is the niece of, uh, well, she is the goddaughter of Alveda King, and who is the niece of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. She's going to join us in the next segment. So keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Bienvenido, America. I am Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez with an S. And like I said, in the upcoming segment, we're going to have Angela Stanton King from the American King Foundation. She's got a big announcement, so keep it locked right there for that. But I want to talk about this article that I saw in uh, Daily Wire, dailywire.com. And it talks about this cop killer. And it says, on her Face the Reality radio show, Jessica Beauvais, 32 years old, posted a nearly two-hour Facebook stream in which she spoke of the trial of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, saying, this week we're going to talk about the ignorance that was the Derek Chauvin trial, or the ignorance that is essentially this is just effing the justice system and played the song FTP by NWA, which is F the police. She added, like NWA say about the police, if you're going to kill me, at least I get to take someone with me. I'm one of those people. If I'm going to go, somebody's coming with me. Now, that sounds pretty uh, clear. It sounds pretty premeditated. Not only did she uh, get pulled over by a police officer shortly after, I don't even know she got pulled over. Actually, you know, I, I think I'm misstating those facts. I believe that she just ran this guy over and then after running him over, she kept going and then they eventually caught her. So correction on my part, it was clear that she wanted to kill a cop and she did so. Who do we have to thank for this? I like to call him Mr. So let me be clear. That's right. Barack Obama himself. Mr. So let me be clear. Because Mr. So let me be clear, opened season on law enforcement. He put a target on the backs of everybody wearing blue. And this is part of the reason that we're in the problem we're in today. There was always anti-police sentiment on the fringe, just like there was always radical environmentalists and radical anti-capitalists like AOC. They were always on the fringe, but they've been doing their diligence. They've been working really hard and now they have taken over so much of the middle that the fringe is now what was once what people like to say, your grandfather's Democrat party. Now, I'll submit to you, I don't think that's even true. I think the Democrats have always been a racist, uh, very progressive bunch that mirror what you saw in, in communist China, in communist Russia, the Soviet Union, excuse me. That's always been the case. There are, have always been Marxists that are kind of like in sleeper cells. And FDR was clearly one. But then you get the JFK types, you know, that we're, we're going to call them more moderate, if you will. Point is, the Democrats have been doing what they've been doing, Woodrow Wilson, et cetera, for a very long time. And today is no different. Barack Obama was just a new iteration in a new generation of Marxist Democrats. And that's where we are. Cops are getting killed. When Obama gave that one speech about how it was stupid the way they handled things and he shouted out law enforcement and not in a good way, he put a target on them. The next thing you know, five, one, two, three, four, five police officers in Dallas were shot. Two police officers in New York City were assassinated. Then another one uh, a year later or two years later. I mean, this is, I'm at a loss for words. 
I want to say it's atrocious, it's abysmal, it's bad, it's no bueno. I mean, there's so many things that I can say, but really is heartbreaking to me that police officers are losing their lives. They're no longer breathing. They'll never see their families again. They don't participate in this thing we call life just because of the job they have, a job that was once considered to be righteous and noble. And I think it still should be considered righteous and noble, but this is what they do. They get into education, they get into the media, they get into the schools, they, they do what they can and they do it well. Marxists know exactly what they're doing. It's all about organizing. It's all about labor unions. This is how they did it. They use labor unions as their workforce and then everybody else gets on the government payroll. Once you're on the government payroll, then now you're in. Now you have the opportunity to riot at night and get paid during the day. And one of the easiest ways to get on the government payroll for many people is to become a teacher. Now, am I indicting all teachers? No. But I am saying if your kid's like, I want to become a teacher, you might want to tell them to do something else that isn't related to the government or tell them, hey, become a teacher at a charter school and never work for the government and never be part of a teacher's union and screw the pension and screw this and screw that and sacrifice those things so that you can make a difference in this world. It's a lot to ask. And if you're not willing to do it, then you get what you get. You get Joe Biden, Joel Baboso Biden. You get Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. This is what you get. This is what we get collectively as a country. We get people that want to shoot the cops, people that don't care about the kids. Speaking of that, wait till you hear what Angela Stanton King has to say about the kids. She's got some really interesting perspectives on kids and how they're being uh, attacked with perversions from uh, the transgender movement. It's really interesting stuff. But this is what's happening. There is a, a culture war that's being waged with information. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know you guys know this, but somebody that you know doesn't know this and they should hear this. This isn't a fight that you're going to win by buying more ammo. The ammo you need is a book, a hundred books, a thousand books. We need to become smarter than they are. We need to become better at conveying our message than they are. We need to be better at taking over institutions than they are. Just imagine if we colluded amongst ourselves and said, hey, so-and-so, I'm thinking of running for, for school board. Hey, you, you two, you know what? Let's, let's all do it. If all five of us run, maybe we can make a dent in this thing. And maybe if we don't get it this year, we'll get it next year. And if we don't get it next year, we'll get it the, the third year. It's about continuously applying pressure playing the game, fighting the fight. You can't take a swing unless you're in the ring. This is where these things happen. Buying ammo isn't going to do it. And that's my point. So people say, well, what are we going to do? It starts with you. It starts with each and every one of us. Like Smokey the Bear said, only you can prevent the forest fire. Well, I think the new Smokey the Bear mantra should be only you can prevent Marxism in America. By the way, make sure you get a copy of Mark Levin's new book, American Marxist, excuse me, American Marxism. And that's available on Amazon.com. Go to his website, grab a copy. I think you'll thank me for it. Anyway, keep it locked right there. Angela King coming up. Wait till you hear what this police officer uh, who is from Los Angeles Police Department wanted to do. He wanted to uh, sit down with LeBron James and um, have a coffee and talk about what's going on between you and the cops. Let's have a truce here. Anyway, we got that audio for you. Plus, Angela Stanton King. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. As promised, we've got Angela Stanton King. Now, like I told you the other day, I was scrolling down my Twitter feed and I saw this picture of the Oval Office. It was President Trump and it was Angela Stanton King. And there were some other people, Alveda King, the niece of uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King. And in fact, Angela Stanton King, who is the 
founder of the American King Foundation. She is the goddaughter of Alveda King. And as I promised you, she is our special guest today. Angela King, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rich. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And hello to everyone that is tuning in. So check this out. So, you know, uh, for those of you who may not know uh, Angela Stanton King, and you guys see her all over Newsmax and Fox News, and she was on a panel with me um, at CPAC, but she's got a lot of opinions. and I think she's terrific. And I first saw her on a uh, challenge called, uh, I forget what the challenge was called, but it was from Bryson Gray's record that had come out, and you dropped this crazy track. You dropped a few bars, and it was dope. So congrats to you on that. Now, we're going to talk about a few things today. Angela, and what I want to do is just kind of lay it out a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, in general, what's going on with the police and in particular, this one woman that just killed a cop, plus the attack on the culture with the transgender movement and how that, you know, I want your reaction on that. And then, of course, you have a big announcement that you want to make, and we're definitely going to get to that. And the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the police and what's going on. And I want you to hear a, a clip of audio from Dion Joseph. He's a 24-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department. And he says, quote, I was struggling with the inner struggle with my blackness. I was betraying my people. And of course, the answer was no. But check this out. Everybody's hurting right now. Uh, and not only is everybody hurting, people are also being gaslit. They're also being put together and everybody's in their own silo or their tribe. And when we begin to tribalize, bad things start to happen. Uh, and uh, it's just really unfortunate. So uh, I just really wanted to just hopefully show that two men from different ends of a spectrum uh, can sit down. And actually, we probably want the same thing. We want to save lives. But there's ways to do it without creating or widening, widening the chasm. I don't want to call him irrational because if I wasn't a police officer and all I saw 24-7 on social media and on the radio was that the police are out to get black people, police hate people of color, and they're repeating that over and over and over again, I'd probably feel the same way. So I was LeBron James before I became a police officer. So I want the, the anger towards him to stop because he, in my opinion, just like I was, is also a victim. Uh, you know, uh, he's also been guided to a thought because that's all he was exposed to. So for everybody that's out there that's you know, so happy that a cop is coming against LeBron, that needs to stop right now. That's not what I'm about. Uh, I'm not about calling him out or laying him out. I am about hoping that we can sit down like men and have a civil conversation and understand and humanize each other. Uh, that's the main reason that I reached out the way that I did. Uh, he's a I think he's a good human being. The things he's done for children, uh, I think is incredible. And So here's the thing. That's Officer Dion Joseph, LAPD, 24-year vet. And he's talking about a sit-down with LeBron James because he feels like, you know what? He started this backlash against the police. Angela King, I want to get your take on this because you're in Georgia. You're all across the country all the time. I just saw a video that somebody retweeted of yours uh, where you were in Los Angeles. So I know that you're, you're crisscrossing the country. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But what's your reaction to what's going on with all of this um, – uh, the cops against black people. Do you believe that the police are against all black people? Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. 
Um, I don't believe that the police are against all black people, but let me be clear and say that I do believe that systemic racism is just a part of, you know, it's just embedded in, you know, our Constitution. And I mean, it's something that has to be addressed. Now, I'm not saying at all, you know, white people are racist and I tend to, you know, although knowing, you know, that there is an idea about white supremacy, I tend to not let it affect or impact my life. But what I want to say is this, I, I, I totally agree with, with what the officer is saying, you know, in, 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 in certain ways, you know, LeBron is a victim because like the officer said, he was once a victim. I think that we are all victims of media manipulation. Um, mm-hmm. The idea that black people are the only ones getting shot by the police is absolutely false. We know that they're not highlighting or promoting those other instances as much as they are when it comes to black men. And of course, there is an agenda because it's to feed this whole Black Lives Matter movement. They're, they're pushing. I mean, it's all tied back to politics. But what's needed is for LeBron James and an officer like the one we just heard speaking to come to the table, have an understanding, come against all of this gaslighting, like the officer said, and find real resolution. I think that that we're all acting irrational when we don't think about the fact that police officers are saving way more lives than they take. You know, and I think that Mm -hmm. we're not being rational at all when we don't consider the fact that we have fans, friends and family members that work in law enforcement. And I think that to say all cops are bad is definitely just like saying all black people are dumb or all black people are lazy or all black people are criminals. We have to learn to begin to separate the good from the bad and just hold those particular ones accountable and not an entire police force and or an entire, you know, culture of people. Yeah, uh, I, I could understand that. And I think there's there's divergent views on on the how deep this uh, systemic racism goes and did we do away with it when we got rid of redlining and things like that. But I do agree with you. I think the common ground here is there definitely is racism and police shootings aren't always blamed on racism or I should, they are always blamed on racism, but they're not always the cause of racism. And I think that's a a big part of what's happening. And you highlighted it when you said the media and the manipulation that goes with the media, where you have people doing oftentimes what is just the standard part of the job, whether they're shooting white people or shooting black people. And, and I don't think anybody should get shot to be clear, but everything ultimately becomes, you know, that's racist. And I think that's a a big part of what the media does. And I thank you for highlighting that. Now, something else that I want to bring up is you said, you know, something that gets brought to the table and bringing things to the table, I think is something you're you're experienced with, right? You, You know something about criminal justice, both from a policy perspective, helping with President Trump's, um, I don't want to say prison reform, but was a criminal justice reform. Yeah, the first step back. Thank you. And the, um, but you you have an understanding of it both from the policy side, like I said, seeing pictures of you inside the Oval Office, but also from a very practical perspective. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I spent some time in prison myself. Um, You know, back in 2005, I actually was pregnant um, when I was arrested and gave birth to my daughter, um, chained to a bed with a sheriff watching for a nonviolent crime. So, I mean, I, of course, worked very hard to rebuild my life after that. And it just so happened, you know, that, that Trump was in office and one of his main initiatives was criminal justice reform. And 
my godmother, Alveda King, who was working very closely with Trump and who was also responsible for helping me get my life back on track once I was mm-hmm. released from prison, you know, put me in a position for him to be able to hear my story. And I was able to share my experiences, but also share my knowledge of just working in the community in a nonprofit sector for the last 15 years, you know, in underserved uh, communities where I, I came to an understanding that in order for us to reduce crime, we have to reduce poverty. And, you know, there was such this big, huge movement about, you know, illegal immigrants, you know, at the border and them, you know, illegally crossing the border and whether or not it was a crime and saying that they had every reason to do it because they were in search of a better life. And I was just choosing to show how there are black people and, and brown people in poverty right here in America in certain cities and in and, 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 and ghettos, you know, and communities across this nation. And they, too, at times may commit a crime in search of a better life. And it's like, how do we advocate to, you know, reunite families at the border and not consider the fact that we've had our own families separated within the borders for some of the same reasons? Mm. You know, I'm just grateful that the president was someone who was willing to listen to me at the time. And not only did President Trump listen and they passed the First Step Act, but he also made it illegal to chain women to bed during childbirth. And it was due to my story. So I'm just very grateful for him allowing me, you know, to just share my own personal experience. Because, you know, people are truly unaware of some of the things that are happening um, inside mm-hmm. of our own prisons. We're, we're talking about separated families and children in cages, and they're forgetting about all of the American children in cages and juvenile detention centers across this nation. They, are too, are children in cages. So someone needed to highlight that, and I definitely was the one to do it. And we're still talking about the mistreatment of our children here in America. Yeah, you know, and I think that the whole thing, what you just described is remarkable from being chained to a bed in a prison, giving birth to making your way to the White House, being on national television, leading the American King Foundation. To me, it's a, it's a real, it's an American dream story. I mean, of course, we don't want to uh, minimize the, the role that God plays in your life and in the lives of so many, but it really is a great American dream story, I think, where you can really highlight these things. And I think you bring up an interesting point where you say, you know what, there are people that are, you know, suffering from what I'm going to call systemic poverty, which I think knows no race. I mean, you go to some of the the trailer homes that are in Kentucky and, and these people are just as broke as some of the peeps I know in New- Newark, New Jersey. And, and they live their lives the same way. Maybe they use different drugs to cope. Maybe they commit different types of crimes, but ultimately a life of poverty does lead to a life of crime in many ways, in many areas. It doesn't mean it's automatic. I mean, I grew up broke and I don't think I ever robbed anybody to eat, but thank God, that means I wasn't that broke. There was always, uh, you know, there's always some rice and beans on the table for me to stay as chubby as I am. So I, I get what you're saying and I, and I agree with it. It's a good point. It's ultimately like a reinforcement of President Trump's position of putting America first. And uh, I think too few people don't realize that where they say, you know what, immigration is definitely something that affects, uh, um, you know, Latinos, African-Americans, pretty much every American, in my opinion, because it's undercutting jobs and it's increasing taxes. And uh, just like we saw yesterday in Biden's uh, fake phony fraud, I'm going to call it his 100 day state of the union, which wasn't really a state of the union. He um, basically just laid out how he's going to spend more money, more money and more money. Now, you mentioned how families are affected by this. And 
there, in my opinion, is a real attack on families, the culture of the family, the institution of the family. And uh, I've, I've seen some of the stuff on your Instagram where you talk about um, the the role of the father in the home and you talk about um, this one video that I just tweeted a little while ago. Somebody was mentioning that you were kicked off Twitter or something and they put a video where you were in Los Angeles saying they're bringing little kids up up on the stage with drag queens. And it really is a shocking video. You, you, you pointed out it was almost midnight uh, and they had these little kids on stage and they were showing them how to like shake their butts. And I mean, it was, I don't even know how to describe it, but uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and your, um, how you're leading the charge on a lot of this stuff with transgender issues and, and the perversion of children altogether. Well, um, for one, I have to say and, and put a disclaimer out because you're not allowed to have your own opinion. The minute you don't agree with someone's agenda, they want to try to make it seem as if you hate them. And I want to say that I actually am the parent of a son who identifies as a woman. So this is something that I've kind of been dealing with for a very long time in my own home with the, you know, personality disorders and also, you know, achieving my bachelor's in psychology and extensively studying gender dysphoria because I just kind of, as a parent, needed to understand not only through wisdom but also through knowledge. And so with that being said, you know, I was in Miami, and while I was in Miami, um, I misspoke on the video. It wasn't Los Angeles, but I was in Miami on Miami okay. Beach, and I'm at this this bar, and I had to basically show my ID to get in. And, I mean, they scanned my ID, like, with some type of blue light to make sure that it was real, and we're <laughs> sitting down. There are adults in there. and Right, and you're obviously an adult. You don't look like, I, like a 12-year-old like those kids I, did. I am an adult. No, those kids didn't even look 12. These kids right. look like, like six eight. and nine, right? Yeah. Like eight, like between that age. So I'm sitting there and, and people are drinking and, they, and they're smoking and an announcement comes on and it's like, get ready for the show. And the next thing I know, they've got two transgenders coming out and another man and they're basically half naked and performing a, a orgy, right? Half naked on stage. I didn't see children anywhere. And then, I mean, this guy was literally just dry humping this man's face, right? And then after they walk off stage, here come these little children with masks on being paraded back and forth across the stage, making sexy poses while adults are throwing money at them. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And so I, I went live on my phone because I knew people would not believe it. And I even asked to speak to the manager. And I was just offended because... For one, I'm like, pay. Like, first of all, I don't want to contribute to children being exploited because that's exactly what it is. If you have children mm -hmm. sharing a stage with adult entertainers that are walking around half naked performing explicit sex scenes in an adult environment where I was required to show my identification, if I had to show my identification, why did those children not have to show theirs? Mm -hmm. No, what yeah, it's absolutely shocking. Going on? No, not only that, and then last night, I'm on the live of a transgender performer, and he is literally telling children to pull their panties down like a whore and piss on the floor. His exact words, go check my IG page. And I'm wow. like, what in the world is going on here? So now that's the latest thing. And I don't know, you know, why I'm always the one to catch it, but I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm able to expose it and people are able to see this agenda and how hard they are gunning for the minds and the innocence of young children. 
It's really, it does shock me because I think, you know, it's, there's, there's Cardi B and I, I listen, I'll play some Cardi B in the car. I got nothing against Cardi B, but I do have something against her. Sometimes her music where it's a little bit of, I think it should come with a disclaimer saying, you know, this is adult entertainment and she's allowed to do what she does and become a political analyst at that and have all sorts of opinions. And that's always okay. Whatever she says about the WAP or whatever it is, is fine. But the minute that Angela Stanton King says something about uh, transgenders, something you actually know personally as a mom, all of a sudden there's an issue there. Something doesn't smell right. Something doesn't smell right. And not only that, we're being censored and they're, you know, scrubbing us off of the internet. They don't want our voices to be heard, but they can continue to push these agendas where people are online, right? You know, having children recite vulgar language, language, dancing provocatively. Wait till you see this new video. And these children look no more than nine or 10 years old. Absolutely disgusting. And it's time for us to stand up and fight back. You know, I, I think that if there is anything at all worth fighting for is definitely the innocence of, of, of children, because we, we've all been there. We know what it's like to be a child. We know what it's like to be taken advantage of as a child just because you don't know any better. I mean, we know how impressionable their minds are. and We also know that they're innocent until someone takes that innocence away. So like I say all the time, we, we can, regardless of, of our politics, Democrat, independent, Republican, regardless of, of, of ethnicity, regardless of religion, I think that, and regardless of sexuality, I think that one of the things we can all come together on is the fact that kids need to be kids, right? And, and we need to just let them grow up, right? And not dilute their minds with, with so many things that are sexually perverted at such a young age. Preach it, sis. Amen to that. I think there's nothing to add to that. So uh, earlier, I'm, and of course, we're on with Angela Stanton King. She's the founder of the American King Foundation, which has uh, some news that you want to share with us. And I'm really excited about this. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the American King Foundation, what you're doing to put your opinions out there, and what you we can expect to hear from you moving forward. Wow. So we are now through American King Foundation going from city to city on our real talk tour. And you can find information at realtalktour.com. And we are bringing, you know, influencers and community leaders together to sit down and have that conversation right about real talk. We're talking about the real things that impact our community and the things that they're scrubbing off of the Internet. If we come together, we don't have to worry about so much censorship. So how can we, like we saw um, Killer Mike say, you know, during the DNC, you know, strategize and mobilize, but come together and figure out ways to, you know, protect the innocence of our children, be aware of the policies that are coming down, the ways that we can stop blindly voting just by association and just make sure that we're doing what's best to, to protect our lives and our future. And one of the things that I want to say that I'm so glad to announce is that for everybody listening, listen, Rich has now joined us on the real talk tour. So shout out to Rich. We are so happy to have you on board. And I'll also be signing copies of my new book, Caught in the Coup, available now through Stanton Publishing House. So Rich, listen, we're excited to have you on board, guys. 
Thank you. Thank you. It's really my pleasure to go with you guys to hit uh, several cities across the country this summer to really have this conversation and and meet with people in these areas. Like you said, you got to get to the grassroots to meet with people. Now, I want people, I'm thrilled, and I just want everybody to know I'm thrilled to join the Real Talk Tour with Angela Stanton King and the American King Foundation. But I also want everybody to know a little bit about your book. So give us uh, the 30-second version of your book before we wrap. Wow. So I'm just going to not even give you the 30 seconds version, but just talk off the top of my head. But the book is about my story of making it from the hood to all good. It just talks about how I got connected with President Trump and his administration and how we were able to pass the First Step Act, work on the Second Step Act, work on the platinum plan that he offered black America. But they had to prove that they were black by voting for Joe, because Joe said, if you don't vote for me, you aren't black. And also talking (laughs) about what happened that day in January at the Capitol, because I was there and I barely escaped the coup. Check it out. Caught in the coup, Angela Stanton King, national bestselling author. Okay. And that is at the Angela Stanton, if you want to get her on Instagram and give him the website. The website is realtalktour.com, and you can purchase the book at stantonpublishinghouse.com. But all of that information is up on my IG, once again, at the Angela Stanton. Thanks so much, Rich, for having me on. You got it. Angela Stanton King, thank you. Godspeed to you. I appreciate all the work you're doing. Take care. God bless. Thanks. And this is why I think we have to have conversations with people that are out there in the trenches. We don't agree on a lot of things. We're not, we do agree on a lot of things. That's what real life is all about. And that's why I'm thrilled to join the Real Talk Tour because I'm not going to be on the stage with a bunch of people that agree with me. There's going to be an actual conversation, a give and take, and we're going to respect each other and talk about the things that matter most to America. So I'm thrilled to be a part of the Real Talk Tour. And this is why I always say, you have to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for absolutely anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So rise up, do something, know something, talk to somebody, teach somebody something, host a town hall, do something, get involved with an organization because it's now or never, folks. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until next time, America, I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.